Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. We're living in a time, admittedly, that uh, more and more people, I think, are fearful uh, about tomorrow, and there's several reasons for that. Uh, You may be uh, looking at the current climate in the world, and uh, and you're being uh, a little bit apprehensive and and afraid uh, because of the things you see uh, taking place. It might be because of the uh, the economy and uh, look like our our own government, our own nation has this spiraling uh, into debt that just continues that can give you uh, a lot of apprehension and worries and concern in your life. There's a lot of tension right now between nations, and of course that's always true to a certain degree, but we've got specific tension between nations that are nuclear powers in this uh day and time that's almost like it's being renewed from years past. So that gives uh, people other reasons maybe why to be, to be concerned. Uh, if you listen to the news, uh, for the most part, what you hear is bad news, right? Uh, and I, I can have the news on trying to keep up with some events, even while I'm trying to study some and uh, things like that. And after a while, you just kind of get an overload uh, of all the negative stuff and the argument and everything you hear uh, on, on the news, and that can make you feel really negative uh, about the future. Uh, a lot of people are probably fearful about tomorrow right now because of some uh, maybe uncertainty on the political scene. Uh, not knowing exactly how things may go or what the future may have in store for us. Uh, a lot of those things I mentioned are kind of big picture things. Uh, but individually, we can also be fearful about tomorrow. Uh, you don't know what a visit to the doctor might result in some type of prognosis that you weren't expecting. Uh, you may be called to the office at work, and maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's going to be a promotion, or maybe it's going to be a layoff slip. And, and you just don't know exactly what you might face. You, you may be having great time in your family and a uh, great relation with your spouse one moment, and then it goes south the next moment. We, we can't see, regrettably, what's up around the bend. I mean, it's just like driving a, a car or something. You come to a sharp curve, and you don't know exactly what's around that curve, what's around the bend, uh, until you get there. And, and that's kind of like it is as we go forward into a new year. Some of you might be thankful that 2016 is behind you because there's some negative stuff last year you won't forget about. But at the same time, you might be fearful for what might be lying ahead because you just can't fully see everything that may be ahead. But we can do this. While we can't look into the future and see everything that's in the future, everything we might face in the coming year, we can look to the one that holds the future in his hands. Amen? We can look to the one that holds history because all of it's really his story when you think about it. It's all, all about Christ. And we can look to him because he's never surprised by any events. We're surprised by what comes up around the bend. We're surprised by tragic events in our lives many times and difficulties in our lives. But he's never, ever surprised. There will never be anything that you'll ever face that God will scratch his head and say, I didn't see that coming. He, he already knows whatever is on the way. 
And that's why we need to have our, our focus upon Him, even as we launch out into this new year. Now, I'm sorry if I've caused you stress already this morning, uh, talking about some of those negative things. But probably if we'd all be honest, uh, some of us were already stressed. You went to bed stressed last night. You got up this morning stressed, maybe about some circumstances. You drove to church and got out of your car walking in stressed about circumstances. Some of you are stressed about some things from last week. Some of you are already stressing about things for this coming week that you don't even know might materialize or not, but you're, you're stressed. But I think, I think a lot of that's okay from this standpoint. We need to admit that we are stressed sometimes. We, we need to admit and, and recognize that we are fearful of tomorrow. Because that's part of the battle. If we will admit we are, then, then we can start taking steps to overcome those fears. If we will admit we're fearful about what may be around the bend, what we might face in the future, then we can start looking beyond our fears to the one that's never, ever surprised by our circumstances and placing our faith in Him. Today's a passage of Scripture you might would have thought I would have read last week. Of course, we focused on the Christmas story last week, and the passage we're going to be in today is very familiar most of the time to the, to the Christmas season. And while that's true and it does address the Christmas season, I, I think it has a much far-reaching application than just looking at it in the context of Christmas. And that's when God sent the angels to proclaim this message to some lowly shepherds that were out in the field watching over their flocks by night. Here's part of the message. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now our big picture, uh, the title of the message this morning is really this, Fear Not, There is a Savior. And we'll get to that in, in, in a few minutes. But, but to help us see the context of everything in that day and time and also today, I want us to begin to start with by looking at the circumstances of the world that Jesus came into. And here's why I think it's beneficial for us to do that this morning. I, I think we're very prone in, in our lives to think, man, it's never been as bad as it is right now, you know? It, we, we're really quick to look at our own lives or look at the circumstances in our own nation, in our world, and, and start thinking, it's, man, it's a, lot, it, it's a lot worse now than it was then. And we may start thinking, well, yeah, the angels proclaimed good news then and great joy then, but it's not the same world that we live in. But I, I want to submit to you that after we look at the circumstances of the world in that day and time in which Jesus came, I think you'll see a lot of similarities in the world that existed then and the world that exists now. And maybe we'll just recognize that, that we can't say, well, yeah, they can have joy then or they can have good news then because it just wasn't as bad. Well, probably it was just as bad. Maybe even more so in some ways. As we start to think about the circumstances then of the world which Jesus came and the people that lived then, 
We need to focus a little bit on the past of the Jews, the past of, of the nation of Israel. They had had times of, of success and times when they flourished, such as when, when King David was on the throne or Solomon was on the throne. The kingdom expanded over large areas. But, but aside from some of those times, if you look at the history of the Jews and the history of Israel, a predominant thing that happened to them is that they were invaded by other nations or that they were in bondage somewhere like in Egypt. Or, or the Syrians came in, or the Babylonians came in, or the, the Roman Empire came in. That was what was taking place in the day in the world that Jesus came in, into. There was a, invading armies that had come in and taken control. So as, as they would think about their past, they would have a reason to maybe be discouraged about their past. You, you may show up this morning discouraged about your past because you can look back to all you faced and maybe bad decisions you made or other circumstances that people have forced upon you. And you can show up this morning and be really concerned about your past. Well, that was true in that day and time also. The people had a lot of reason to look in the past and, and be kind of uh, down and out about it because of all that had happened to the nation over those years. It was a bad time then, the world that Jesus came into. No, not just the past that they were experiencing, but think about the government of that day just for a few minutes. As I said a moment ago, the Roman Empire was in control, and the Roman Empire pretty much approached things to where they might let some, some, some local uh, officials govern to a certain degree, but they always had it under their thumb. The, the Roman Empire always approached things in such a way that, that, that ultimately they had the last say in what was taking place. The Roman Empire prided themselves, in, or they, they had a lot of pride in, in, in the fact that they, they thought they brought world peace to wherever they would, would go. And there might have been peace in, in a military way because they would go in and defeat people and then they would occupy and rule. There might have been peace from that standpoint where there wasn't a lot of conflicts taking place all the time. But even underneath Roman rule, you still had things like oppression and injustice taking place in the world. That didn't change. So the world that, that Jesus comes into, there was a government in charge that could not eliminate oppression. And to a certain way, they were even causing oppression and immorality and in, injustice to take place in the world that they lived in. That the Jews resented their control. They resented their intrusion into their daily lives and in, into their even their religious life. And that's the, the world that Jesus was born into. If you want a picture of some things that government could do in that day and time, when King Herod heard that Jesus had been born, what did he do? He, he had all the, the male children that he could find to be killed during that time. King Herod was also guilty of bringing in some idols and setting idols up right in the temple. So the government in that day was kind of messed up. And a lot of us may have the opinion, well, man, the government in our, in our day today is really, really messed up. And we can look at our current governing circumstances and think it, it, it's so bad. I just don't know if I can have good news in my life. Or I don't know if I can experience great joy in my life because things seem to be so negative and bad. Think about the religious atmosphere of that day that they were living in. The Roman Empire uh, practiced an, an approach to religion, uh, syncretism, that wh what it was is basically this. The Roman Empire said, you can believe whatever you want to believe. 
Whatever type of religion you believed in, whatever type of philosophy you believed in, whatever type of ideology you believed in, it it was fine. As long as it didn't challenge their authority. As long as it didn't challenge the government. You you can have a hodgepodge of religion, believe anything you want to believe, and and it was fine with them as long as it wasn't challenging the government of the day. That maybe sound familiar to the day that we live in. Believe anything you want to believe. You know, just a hodgepodge of, of religion, I'll just roll it all together. Let's have this one world type religion. And, you know, you believe what you want to believe. Just don't meddle. You know, you can't let it meddle with the government. There have been 400 years of silence that had taken place before Jesus comes into the world. From Malachi, there had not been a prophet on the scene until John the Baptist is on the scene and he starts proclaiming the coming of the Lord, the making the, the way straight for Jesus to, to come in into the world and, and to be introduced to ministry that he's going to have into the world. So for 400 years, the, the, the Jews had been used to having prophets who had proclaimed the word of God and proclaimed the word of God and proclaimed the word of God. But now there's been like a, a 400 year period of darkness or where there wasn't a word from God. And imagine the other circumstances that would spiral out of control when there's no word from God. And in similar ways in the world that we live in, we, we have a word from God, we have the word of God, we can read the word of God, but to a certain degree, people don't follow it many times and apply it to their lives and look at the circumstances that, that have spiraled in, in our world. I'm just trying to point out to you that the world that Jesus came into had its challenges. And yet it was in that world that the angels showed up and they proclaimed good news. And they proclaimed great joy that could be for all people. And we need to be careful that we don't try and and, and minimize that day and time and make it sound like it's so much worse now than it was then. Religiously also, there was... Division that even happened within Judaism, within, quote, like the church of that day and time. You had the Sadducees and, and you had the Pharisees, which more or less represent the, the liberals and the, and the legalists. <laughs> and they were having friction with each other. So even within religion, there was dissent and there was a lot of arguing and problems like that that was taking place. You had religiously in that day and time the Jews who viewed themselves being very exclusive and the Gentiles, and both of them were kind of uh, renowned for trying to write the other group off. And it was almost like you had a, a religious type of racism that was taking place in that day and time. So, so we need to recognize that. We can't, we can't say, man, it's, it's so bad today. I just don't know if we can have good news and great joy. I, I want you to understand it was bad then. Think about the economic situation of that day. The economy of that day was more or less based upon uh, agriculture and, and trade and government programs. <laughs> to where a lot of the people were employed by government programs, by government building projects and everything like that, to where they had become dependent upon government. That sound a little bit similar also, maybe the day that we live in to a certain degree. There was a large disparity between the rich and the poor. 
the common house in that day and time, you know, irregardless of the house that you live in, the apartment you live in, whatever it is you may live in, unless you've been to a third world country, you, you don't recognize the type of houses that they lived in. I was blessed to get to go on the mission trip to Guatemala this past year, and a lot of the houses there were really kind of similar to the houses that people lived in in, in the day of Jesus. They were one or two room squares that a whole family would live in and have a dirt floor and maybe a flat roof on it. And during the hot weather, they'd lay on top of the roof trying to get cool during the summertime because you didn't have air conditioning. You didn't have, you know, the type of heat. You didn't have running water or anything like that. So it was a very tough time economically in that day and time when, when, when Jesus came into the world. The light that they had came from earthen made oil lamps that they, that they would use. So it was a completely different time period. I'm, I'm just trying to, to, to build this in your mind to where you understand. Don't think in these terms. Don't think like, man, it's so bad now. I understand they might could have had good news and, and great joy in that day and time. No, I want you to understand it was bad then too. You, under, you recognize that. The world that Jesus came into was a bad world with a lot of negative circumstances where people were also fearful about tomorrow, where people also couldn't see around the bend. And it was into that world that God sends a message through angels letting them know that Jesus came into that world and even his birth alone gives a message of hope that's declared from heaven. So the second main thing we're going to talk about today is this. We're going to look at what the the message said. Because in that day and time, in that darkness of that day and time, in the difficulty of that day and time, in the fear of tomorrow, in that day of time, they still had a message of hope that was given them that was declared from heaven. And the message was more or less this, fear not, because there's a Savior. I, I read it earlier, but let's read it again. And I want you to focus on some of the bold and underlined text. The angel said to them, fear not. Behold, I bring to you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. They give a message saying, fear not. And the message that they gave in that day and time is still applicable for us today. Even though we may be fearful of tomorrow and we don't know what's around the bend and what we may face in our lives, we also can say fear not because that was a message that was given from heaven. There had been a period of darkness I mentioned earlier. They were used to hearing prophets talk, but here you have an angel shows up on the scene and the angel gives a message from God to these shepherds that they're going to go and share with others. And the message was to not fear. We get our English word phobia from the Greek word that's used here. And, and, you know, basically you can read all the ways it was used, but basically just saying don't be alarmed, don't don't be frightened. The shepherds were that night because all of a sudden there's angels in the sky talking to them. I think that probably would shake you up if that happened to you tonight. Amen? So the angel is telling them a very special reason not to fear. But we need to apply that to our own lives because of this message from heaven that's been given to us. We, we don't have to have this phobia in our lives. We don't have to be so paralyzed by, by fear in, in our lives. 
The word not, there, there's two main words in the Greek language that translate it not. One means absolutely not. And that's not the word that God had the angel to use here. It, it's a conditional negative that, that's used here. And, and I think here's why. You, you see, don't, don't get the idea that, that fear in your life is always wrong. God gave you the capacity to fear. Sometimes it can save your life and you turn around the other way. Amen. Unless you're part of Liam Crump's family and then you go do crazy things and stunts and stuff like that all the time. You know. But it said, fear, fear not. And it was given by, by an angel, which literally means, we look at it in the Greek, it is a messenger that's bringing tidings. So, so God sends these angels to bring this message into this world that we just talked about a moment ago where, where they're saying not to fear. Apply that for a moment this thought of fear and not apply it to that day and time and also to, to this day and time. Their past as the Jews would give them reason to be concerned and fearful about tomorrow. But the angels are saying, fear not. Your past, my past, there, there are things that I don't like about my past. How about you, huh? But you don't have to be paralyzed by your past and, and be so controlled by, by your past. The, the government seemed very messed up in that day and time. And I think it is in this day and time. It's like it's a dysfunctional group a lot of times. They argue a lot. They say a lot. They don't get a whole lot accomplished, it doesn't look like to me. And, and even though that's true, we don't have to be afraid. We can hear the angels say, fear not. The religious atmosphere of the day might still seem like to us it's just a hodgepodge of, of believe whatever you want to and there's no spiritual authority or spiritual power attached to it in the religious world today or in the church today. That may be something that we see as we look at on the religious climate, even in our world, but we don't have to be afraid of that. The angel still said, fear not. It may seem like heaven has been silent, like there's not been any true word from God, like they experienced in your life. But the angels show up and they say, fear not, because now God is speaking. God sent his angels, his messengers into this world. And their first message to these shepherds was simply this, fear not. I, I would suggest you grab hold of that a little bit for the coming year. Because you don't know what you'll face, and I don't know what I will face, but I do know this. I don't have to be paralyzed by fear because I have faith in the one that controls all things. Amen? Second fear not involves this. Fear not because there's good news. Fear not because there's good news. It's not just a message sent from heaven, but the message was fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Don't you get tired of hearing bad news? I mean, honestly, it's okay to shake your head and agree with me or shake your head no and say, I want more bad news. I mean, I, I, I get tired of hearing bad news, but even though we hear bad news, it seems like every direction we look, the angel still said, fear not. I, I get tired of seeing injustice and oppression in the world that we live in. But even though I'm tired of that, the angel still said, fear not. I get sick and tired sometimes of waking up to the same people being in control, doing the same thing they've been doing. It doesn't matter which party's there. Matter of fact, let me just go and throw this out. If you think your world is going to change and our nation is going to be so much better simply because of an election, you are deluding yourself. 
I, I wish I could say that means everything's going to be great and grand. I hope it will be. But if it happens, it's not just because we had an election. Amen? We, we need to recognize that there's all kinds of difficulties in, in, in our lives that we can look at, all kinds of negative news that we hear all the time. Maybe you're tired of hearing bad news in your religious world, tired of hearing conflict in, in, about conflict and hatred in religion. But even though that's the case, the angel still says, fear not. You may be worried about the economy. You may think all I ever hear is bad financial news. But still the angel said, fear not, because there is good news. He said, for behold... I bring you good news. The word that he uses for a four, he means he's assigning a reason. In other words, here's why you can have good news. Here's why you don't have to fear. You, you don't have to fear. He said, for behold, I want you to understand something. You don't have to fear. Behold, I want you to look at something. I want you to see something. He, he's going to give them a reason why. They don't have to fear. Part of it is the good news. Part of it is going to be the great joy. The main part of it is going to be a Savior's born. Amen? And we'll get to that in just a moment. You see, here's the deal with where we look and what we behold. The, the outlook many times might be bleak. That's true, right? You, you can look out across the world, out across your life, and, and you look at the circumstances you're facing, it might be bleak. That's why we need to quit focusing so much on the outlook and do an uplook. And we put our focus upon Christ. We put our focus upon God instead of our focus upon our circumstances. The angel said, for behold, I bring you good news. This is interesting to me. The, the word that God chose for the angels to proclaim is the exact same word we use for the good news or the gospel or, or evangelism. It's what the word means. It means to share good news. I think if, if we would stay focused more on the good news, I don't know what you're facing in your life, and you know what I'm facing in my life. I do know what some of you are dealing with and what some of you are going through. I don't know what I may face or what you may face in the coming year. That's why we're fearful a little bit about tomorrow. We can't see exactly what might happen around the bend, what we're going to face in our lives around the bend. But if I will stay focused more on the good news, on the gospel, then I stay focused on circumstances, I think tomorrow's going to be a little bit better for me. I think the way I feel about my life is going to be a lot better. No matter what the circumstances might be, if I'm staying focused on the gospel, I think I'll spend less time worrying about tomorrow. And not just if I'll spend time focused on the gospel, but if I'll understand that I'm supposed to be sharing the gospel, if you as a believer will recognize that you've been given the responsibility to share the good news, to tell the good news to other people, and if you will involve your life in sharing the good news with others, you also can have a more hopeful future and less worry about tomorrow because you'll wake up to something. You've got a higher purpose in your life than just worrying about the junk all around you. If you'll involve yourself in sharing the good news. The shepherds that we talked about earlier, I'm going to read the scriptures and give you a little bit more information about them. The, the shepherds that get this message from the angels. 
The Bible says when the angels went away from them, from the shepherds into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Now we get an elevated view of shepherds in this day and time because of the Bible. And because of Jesus being the great shepherd. But in that day and time, shepherds were like on the low rung of the ladder or the totem pole socially. They were looked down upon. Even though the shepherds were many times tending the sheep that would be used in sacrifices at the temple for worshiping God, they themselves were considered unclean and they couldn't just go from the sheep out in the field into the temple without going through a cleansing period because they were considered unclean. So that's the common type of person that this message comes to. I I want you to recognize this. The shepherds are the same shepherds before and after they heard this message. They were still common shepherds. They were still looked down upon socially. They were still considered unclean by the world that they lived in. These shepherds were still living in the same world that they were living in before they heard the message of the angels. They were still living in a world where they might have been worried about their past personally and in the past of their nation. They were living in a world where they were being oppressed by the Roman government. They were living in a world where there was all types of friction and stuff going on, even in Judaism, in in religion. They were living in a world where the economic system didn't look very good and very encouraging for them many times because there's this large disparity between the rich and the poor, and and they're kind of over here on the low section of that. So these shepherds are the same shepherds after they hear the message, living in the same world after they hear the message that a Savior has been born. But even though they're living in the same world, I want to submit to you something had changed about their lives. Because after they hear this message, after they go and see Jesus, the Bible clearly tells us that they go away making known the saying that had been told them. And they returned and said, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. In other words, these shepherds, even though they're the same shepherds living in the same world, something changed about their focus, something changed about their message, even though it was the same world, something changed about their outlook, I think, and they went forth praying praising God and glorifying God because of the message they had received. If you and I would do the same thing. You see, irregardless of our circumstances, even though I can try and give you a message of hope today, the message that these angels gave, you're still living in the same world. Amen? You're still facing the same circumstances in your life. You have some of the same 
ne- negative feelings going on in your life. All I'm trying to tell you is this. If we would spend more time focus on the gospel and sharing the gospel with others, I think tomorrow would seem a little bit brighter. I think 2017 would seem a little bit hopeful, irregardless of the circumstances, irregardless of what you're facing in your life. You'd have reason to be a little bit less fearful about tomorrow if you would stay focused upon this good news instead of all the bad news. The angels also said this, fear not, you can have great joy. The message to the shepherds was, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. Like I said earlier, it's easy for us to transport that back to that day, just to those shepherds, just to that world. And say, oh, I can understand how they would have joy. Angels appeared to them. Angels gave them this great message. I can understand how they can have joy, but I just don't know if I can have joy in my life in the world that we live in today because of all the circumstances that I'm facing. But because of the way the world looks that I, that I live in today. But they were told they could have great joy. And the, the, the Greek word is the Greek word megos. It simply means big. It means, it means greatly times exceedingly joy. It means cheerfulness. It means a calm delight, a gladness. A root word means to be cheerful or calmly happy or well off. It's even used as a salutation when you're wishing someone to, that they would be well. It's a great joy will be. The tense of that in the Greek is future tense. The fact that it will come about, there will be great joy. And the root word is the same word that Jesus used when Jesus said, I am, I exist. So there is great joy. There will be great joy that will be for all people. And the word there for people means people in general. It's not just talking about the Jews. It's not just talking about those who are God's people. The message is this. There will be great joy for all the people. See, the the good news is this. No matter who you are, no matter what your circumstances might be, no matter your past, no matter what's going on in your life, you can still have great joy. Our problem is this. We focus upon the circumstances. We, we, we bank our happiness in, in our joy upon whether things are really going smooth in our lives. But what I want to challenge you to do in your life as you launch out into this new year, is not attach your joy to your circumstances. You need to attach your joy to your relationship with Jesus. See, that way you can, you can always have joy no matter how bad it might seem if you'll attach your joy to your relationship with Jesus. Don't let your circumstances dictate to you your joy. See, the, the word joy and happiness are two different things. You can be unhappy about your circumstances. You can be upset. You can even be mad and angry about your circumstances. It, the Bible's not saying you'll be happy about everything. It is saying this, in the midst of it all, you can still have joy. In the midst of it all, you, you can still have this, this great joy if you'll have the right focus, if you'll allow your relationship with Christ to supersede your circumstances. He said it would be for all the people, no matter who you are, no matter what your past might be, no matter what the political landscape might appear to be, no matter what the economy might look like, no matter if there's troubles in, in your religious world or in your personal life or in your bank account, if the whole thing collapses, Jesus Christ is still on the throne. Amen?
That's why our focus needs to be upon Him. That doesn't change. Your circumstances can change moment by moment, day to day. You don't know what's coming around the bend. That's why many people are fearful about tomorrow. But we can, in a radical way, go ahead and decide this. No matter what comes, I'm still going to have joy in my life because I know Jesus Christ is my Savior, and I know Jesus is in charge. He's on the throne. And let that be our focus instead of worrying about our, our, our circumstances. Remember, the angel said this, good news of great joy, that will be for all the people. It might not look like joy now in your life. Things might not look good right now. It might be difficult for you to find a reason to have joy in your life because of your circumstances. But the message of the angel was this. There's a great joy that will be for all the people. Now, I'm not trying to be a health and wealth preacher at all this morning, but I will tell you this. If you know Christ as your Savior, there's coming a time there will be great joy no matter what happens. It may not be in this life. It may not be until you see Jesus face to face. Amen. But you can have great joy. If we'll be focused upon that, don't allow the circumstances to rob your joy from you. Realize that it will be great joy. The last part of the message that the angels gave is this. Fear not. Fear not because there's good news. Fear not because there's a great joy that would be for all the people. And here's why. For, the word for means because. He's giving them a reason. For, here's why you can have good news. Here's why you can have great joy. For, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The the message is this. We've got good news. There's going to be great joy. Here's why. Because unto you. And that literally in the Greek means by you or with you. Man, man, I love that definition of that phrase because that means the Savior that I have believed in, He's with me, He's by me. Whatever I'm going through, He's there. For for because unto you, with you, by you, there's a deliverer. Christ came, God sent His Son into the world to save the world, to deliver us, to, to protect us. Christ isn't His name, it's His title. He's the anointed one. He's the Messiah that the prophets have promised for years and years and years. He is Christ the Lord. He's the one that is in supreme authority. And if He is the one that's in supreme authority, and He is, that's our focus. We need to be trusting in Him. Understand that He's in control recognizing that we don't have to live our lives filled with fear. We don't have to be fearful about tomorrow because there's a Savior that exists in the world today. What can take away the fearfulness of tomorrow? What is the real good news we need to hear and stay focused upon to keep us from being so fearful about our lives? Why can we have great joy in a crazy, upside-down world? And here's the reason. It's because this. It's because unto us, by us, with us, there's a Savior who is Christ the Lord. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you have a safe place, you have a deliverer, you have Him there with you in a world that seems to be filled with supreme difficulties, challenges, and tragedies. Through Jesus, we have the one who's supreme in authority, and he is in control. Circumstances change. Jesus never does. Amen? That's why he needs to be your focus in the coming year. 
Your circumstances will change. Your emotions will change about what you're going through. But Jesus never, ever changes. And that's why we need to trust in him. The world sets you up for a fall. The world will set you up and give you hope just to yank it out from underneath you and laugh at you. But Jesus will never, ever do that to you. Jesus is there for you. He he cares for you no matter how things might seem. No matter how unsure you are about your future, if you're a Christian, you can say this. Fear not, there is a Savior. We live in a difficult world. We live in a fearful world. They did then also. And these shepherds hear about the greatest event in all history taking place. That God has become a man. That Jesus has been sent into this world. And that little baby in that manger is going to grow up, live a perfect sinless life in a complete obedience. He's going to go to the cross to honor God the Father. And by him going to the cross, he's going to fulfill everything that you and I cannot fulfill. He's going to pay the price that you and I cannot pay. And he's going to fully redeem us from our sins if we will trust in him by faith in what Jesus does for us on the cross. That's what needs to be the focus of, of, our, of our lives. The angel of the Lord announced it. The other angels sang about it. In verse 14, they said this, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. See, if our focus will be right, no matter what we're going through, we can sing also ourselves with the angels, Glory to God in the highest. If our focus will be upon Him, we can glorify Him and have joy in the midst of whatever we're going through. If we'll have our focus right, we can have peace in our hearts knowing that God has good will toward us, and he proved it by sending his son. The, the peace that's spoken of there is not the kind of peace that says you'll never have any difficulty, you'll never face any challenges, everything's always going to be a cakewalk, a rose garden in your life, everything's going to be sweet and nice in your life. That's not the word for peace that's used here. The word that the angel used for peace is to be joined back together with. The reason I can have peace in my heart, the reason you can have peace in your heart if you're a Christian is this, because of Jesus, you have been joined back together with God. You once were lost, you once were a sinner, but through faith in Jesus and what he did for you on the cross, you've been joined back together with God. And if you know that, you can have peace no matter what you're going through in your life. If you'll focus upon the peace that you have in your heart from being joined together with God. Understand that God proved his good will by sending his son to die for us on the cross. First message of the new year at day three church for 2017. Have you heard the message today? The message is simply this, fear not because there's a savior. No matter what you're going through, no matter what a family member might be going through, no matter how skeptical we might be of our government or worried we might be of the world political situation, no matter how concerned you might be about things like terrorism, no matter how worried you might be about your own finances and the economy, you don't have to fear if you'll stay focused upon the fact that there is a Savior. What is the good news? The good news isn't 
that God sent a soldier to deliver you. Thank God for soldiers, but that's not the good news. Or a law enforcement officer to protect you. Thank God for, for them, but that's not the good news. The good news is not that God sent a judge to deliver you. The good news is not that God sent a politician or a reformer to change your life for you. The good news is this, that God became man, that Jesus came into this world and Jesus shed his blood on a cross for you, that through faith in him, you can have everlasting life. The good news is that he comes to all types of people including the plain, the ordinary, the outcast of society, to anyone that will humble his heart before him and admit their sin and invite him into their life, Jesus comes. Jesus said this in John chapter 6, verse 37, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Let's pray. Father, We thank you for bringing us through another year. Lord, even though there are many challenges and difficulties in the past year, we thank you for bringing us through. Father, we thank you for the life that you've given us to this point in a new year that we call 2017. Father, we we admit up front we're fearful about tomorrow. We admit up front, your Lord, that we're, that we're worried about maybe some things in our world or things in our lives. But Father, help us to have the right focus. Help us to understand that we need to focus upon the good news, the gospel. We need to focus upon the joy that we can have in our lives because there's a Savior. Lord, help us to walk forward in the coming year no matter what we face with the awareness that we don't have to be paralyzed by fear because there's a Savior. Help us to have that that right focus, Father, that we focus upon what you have done for us and how you love us and how you proved it by sending your Son to die on the cross. Help us to recognize that there's a Savior. Help us to place all of our hope and our joy in our relationship with Him and not our circumstances. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. I I hope and pray for you that this coming year will be a great year for you. I I hope it's, it's a year that God blesses you. I hope it's a year that you don't face a lot of difficulty as long is in that prosperity, as long as in that good time, you don't forget about Jesus. Amen? But, if you're like I am, (laughs) you see, I found this out. It's when everything seems to be going okay in my life, it's easy for me to put it on cruise control. And it's when the challenges hit that I get wake-up calls. that make me realize I need to turn to Christ and Him alone for my joy as I face the fears of my life.
So if, if you're going to get out there and have a good year and forget about Jesus, I pray maybe he'll put a few bumps in the road to give you wake-up calls to keep you focused on him. I'm sure all of you have different things that maybe you're facing, different challenges you have in your life. We, we didn't have a watch night service that churches have a lot of times this year. I thought about having one, and I, I don't know, I'm just, maybe I'm selfish, but I'm a little bit tired and want to spend time with family. So I, I, I didn't plan one. But we are gathered together here, and we can't pray this morning. So I want to challenge all of you that during this invitation time, you would make some move toward God. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, the first move you need to make is to trust Him as your Savior. That alone can equip you beyond your imagination to face whatever may come your way this year or throughout your life. If you've never done that, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, why not come today and admit that you can't save yourself, admit that you're a sinner and trust fully in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. But if you already know Him, why not come today and pray? Come and pray about 2017. Come and pray about our government. Come and pray about our economy. Come and pray about your relationships. Come and pray about your health. Come and pray about your family's health. Come and pray about whatever it is maybe you're struggling with. Why why not start out this new year by saying, God, I'm giving this year to you. Come and pray this morning and say you want to be more like those shepherds because you've received a good message, a great message. It's a message of great joy. You've received that good news. Why not come and pray today and say, God, this year I'm giving it to you like never before. I want to share the good news with others and stay focused upon the gospel instead of my circumstances. Why not come and pray that this morning? We're also, as Brandy mentioned earlier, we're still receiving our our Christmas offering. We still have the box up here at the front. If you were gone last week or you didn't have the opportunity to give, last week we invite you during this time as people come and pray. If God is leading you to do so, to come and give. We'll take our regular offering up in a moment. But if you want to give to the Christmas offering, to remind you how it's going to be used, 60% of it, our goal is $10,000. 60% will be used to help support foreign missionaries. Every penny of it going to foreign missionaries to keep them on the field, sharing the gospel across the world. And the other 40% is going to be used to help support church planning in North Carolina through the church planning team to help other people benefit from what we've benefited from. So if you need to give, we invite you to come and give today also. But especially, I challenge all of us, maybe let's come and kneel for a moment. Give 2017 to God. It's His anyway. But from your perspective, you're saying, God, I'm giving me to you in a fuller way in this coming year. Please stand. Please come. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org.
Day 3 Church. Experience a new day in your life.